So, so much of my life was spent trying to get out of the pain, out of, you know, the, the deep sadness. And, and truthfully, I think there was this internal narrative that I thought that if I felt sadness, I would never be able to escape it. Like I, I would just mm. be swallowed into a deep sinking sand pit of sadness that I could never pull myself out of. everyone. I'm Kara. And I'm Caleb. And welcome to the Kara and Caleb show. When it comes to life, we believe it is so important to ask the right questions, but also to learn how to live in the tension and the uncertainty of those questions. Yes. When we learn to live in the tension of unanswered questions, we become more resilient, more radiant, and more human. On this podcast, we explore the questions that have shaped and defined the lives of our guests. And then we dive deep into the beauty and the transformational process that occurs as we wait for answers that may or may not come as we expected. So join us as we explore what's possible when we are able to rest in the tension and live the questions of our lives right now. I've got the heart of a Kara, on our first episode, we talked about the questions that had defined our lives. And when you started to talk about the question that defined your life, it was about sadness. And somebody asked you, you know, do you know that you have the permission to be sad? And you talked about how that changed your life. And I think sadness is it's such like a simple concept. We've all experienced sadness. It's universal. Mm-hmm. But yet learning how to sit with sadness and accept sadness and work through sadness is not, it's yeah. not really, it's not normal. Yeah. And that's for so many different reasons. I think what you said there is so interesting that it's not normal. Mm. It probably is normal, but we've, we've un The stigma around yeah, it. We've, yeah. We've, we've made it this thing where people don't feel freedom to fully feel everything they need to feel. Because uh, I know for sadness, for me anyways, mm-hmm. it was this idea of like, if I'm feeling sad, there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how I do I fix it? How do I get out of it? it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, that question was profound for me. I'm, I'm a seven on the Enneagram and uh, we run away from pain. And so uh, from a young, young age, my parents would always say, you know, don't be sad. Don't be upset. Don't be afraid um, to the negative emotions. They would say, don't be. And so from my child childhood conditioning, my childhood messaging, I had this internal voice that that told me I'm not allowed to feel these things, or if I feel them, how do I get out of them? So so much of my life was spent trying to get out of the pain, out of the bad things, out of you know the the deep sadness. And and truthfully, I think there was this internal narrative that. I thought that if I felt sadness, I would never be able to escape it. Like I I would just Mm -hmm. be swallowed into a deep sinking sand pit of (laughs) sadness that I could never pull myself out of. Um, But unfortunately, we all know that's not true (laughs) at all. It takes a lot of courage to go into your sadness because Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. But there's a simultaneous faith that you Mm -hmm. have to have that you're going to emerge out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're right. I um, I think it's one of those things for me where the the more I've learned how to sit in the midst of it, um, the more tools I get for my own life, the more I'm aware of what's actually going on. And I think that's the big thing with sadness too, is understanding what's actually going on because sadness is just a messenger, right? Yeah. He's just a guy coming and knocking on your front door and being like, I have something to tell you. Yeah. You yeah. know what that reminds me of? Huh? That poem by Rumi. Oh, I love um, What is it? It's the guest house. The guest I actually house. have it. Read it to us. Guest house. It says, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. 
Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight, the dark thought, the shame, the malice, the sadness. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Mm, that's so good. That's so, so that's good. such a radical shift in perspective mm-hmm. where when I'm feeling sad is are such a self-protection kicks in, obviously. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do I get away from this? How do I suppress, deny it, run from it? Mm-hmm. But the real first step to sitting with sadness, accepting sadness and moving through it mm-hmm. is just being aware that sadness is here. So mm-hmm. the self-awareness of it and then really shifting the paradigm and the perspective of this isn't something bad. Yeah. The stigma around it, we've been taught to believe that it's bad, but sadness is not bad. Sadness is a messenger from beyond that's yeah. trying to get our attention for some reason. So it's in our best interest to welcome that messenger in. Yeah. And just like any other human, if this is a messenger coming in, giving space for that, that person to actually say what they need to say. My best friend, Courtney would always use this analogy when she had anxiety. She would say, Frank is sitting on my chest and she gave the name Frank to her anxiety. And you think about this, like chubby guy sitting on top of your chest (laughs) who's like crushing you as you're feeling something no offense if there's a frank out there listening (laughs) (laughs) we love frank but but learning how to love him and welcome him in and say what are you here to tell me was huge for her and i feel like that's something that i've learned slowly how to do with my sadness is um just ask the question why are you here what do you what do you want to what do you want to say to me instead of slamming the door in the face and and not giving him permission to speak i think that's the, the, the deepest truth with sadness is that it is just a messenger, right? Yeah, it is just like a messenger. Like it's here to tell us something. And I think, um, yeah, I think the more we learn how to do that, the more we're quicker, to, quick, the more quickly able we are to be able to sit with that messenger and say, wow, thank you for, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. Now it's time for you to leave. You know, we get yeah. a little more control over um, almost controlling our thoughts and, and learning what comes in to make us sad. Yeah. And it takes courage. Yeah. And so I've learned in my life, right, like to sit with my sadness, I really, it takes courage. And the great thing about courage is courage isn't like an innate skill, like whether you have courage or you don't have courage. And I, what I love so much about Brene Brown's work is she she teaches us that courage is a skill set that can be learned over time. Mm-hmm. You can practice the vulnerability skills that lead to deeper levels and measures of courage yeah. that can be demonstrated in your life. Yeah. And so it does take courage to sit in that pain or mm-hmm. to sit in that unwanted and uncomfortable emotion. But Mm -hmm. the great thing about that is as you practice vulnerability, as you become aware of the sadness, you get curious about it. You welcome it in. You ask it questions. Why are you here? What are you trying to show me? It's uncomfortable. And you lean into the uncomfortableness. And what's so beautiful about it is all the while you're becoming more resilient Mm. of a person. You're becoming actually more resilient, which is actually fortifying and creating all these intrinsic qualities that are necessary to take you Mm -hmm. where you need to go in life. So it's not even about the sadness, but sadness is this amazing opportunity for you to build more resilience in your life. And I know for me, one thing that I've had to do over my time in learning how to sit with my sadness, and I would like to hear more practical steps from your point of view, but it's practicing Mm self-compassion because sometimes especially in the beginning of this process and this is with anything when it comes to vulnerability and really leaning in and realizing that I've been hooked you know that I'm that I'm being activated here triggered is practicing self-compassion when I don't respond Mm. but I react yeah and I hate the sadness and the next thing I know I believe me at the beginning of this whole process when I got out of the NFL I would land at a bar at 10 a.m. because yeah. of sadness, yeah. right? Because I didn't know how to sit with that. So let's just drink and cope. Yeah. Um, but now over time, I've learned how to practice self-compassion. Hey, 
at one point in time, you weren't even aware that sadness was taking over your yeah. life. Now you're aware of it. And that's ma- that's a major step. That's yeah. a lot of improvement. And so show yourself compassion through this process, even if you're not being, you know, if you're, if you're not 10 out of 10 and recognizing mm-hmm. and learning how to sit with the sadness. Mm-hmm. I think, too, really getting into the the whys of, of why we have certain behavior patterns. So for me, it was recognizing the childhood messaging. Mm -hmm. It was recognizing that I was afraid that if I went into sadness, I wouldn't escape. It was recognizing that I was always kind of known as the happy one, especially in my family. I'm the one who kind of keeps the peace and the middle child kind of holding the ground for everyone else's emotions. And so I think even in the question um, that I mentioned in our first episode, do you know that you have permission to be sad? I think the permission piece is really key where when we give ourselves permission to feel something, um, that opens up space instead of just saying like, I'm going to be sad. Actually what you're saying with self-compassion, giving yourself permission to say, wow, I really need to feel all of these things. So one practical thing for me that I did, um, just as a, as a practice, I would write out every day, like I have permission to feel everything I I need to feel. And I would write it in my journal and then, or even on a piece of paper and like stick it to my mirror. Mm -hmm. I would give myself like write a permission slip to myself to feel what I needed to feel. So I think that's a really fun, easy, practical first step. And it kind of, it kind of makes it childlike too, because we would never tell a little girl, like stop being sad, stop being sad. You know, when she's crying, I mean, we, some of us (laughs) might, but (laughs) hopefully not if we, as we become more aware, we understand how damaging that can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into some practical tips. Go. You want to do that? Yeah. I think for me, it's just honestly, like it's getting aware of my sadness, Mm -hmm. learning how to welcome it in and not be afraid of Mm -hmm. it, that I have control over how I respond here. Yeah. Getting very curious about it. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it trying to show me? And just being okay with it being there. And that takes time. It takes a lot of practice. And that's why self-compassion is such a big step for me because it's so easy to get mad at yourself, especially Mm -hmm. if you still believe that sadness means that there's something intrinsically wrong with you. Because if you were a better person, if you were this or this or this, then therefore sadness wouldn't be here. But sadness is part of the human experience. And so once you realize that it's awesome, it becomes like a game to me. And I've turned almost healing in in a nutshell into a game. Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm being activated right now. I'm being triggered right now. What's it trying to show me? This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And so that's been my step. And I can't stress how important self-compassion has been for me because the real, the real, uh, I think goal in all of this is not to move through it, mm. but learn how to accept it. Mm-hmm. And when I can accept it, I'm no longer afraid of it being here for the rest of my life or being swallowed by it. Mm. And now it moves through me even yeah. quicker. And now sadness comes and goes as a necessary teacher. And it allows me to feel what I need to feel, see what I need to see. Mm. And then this, the story goes on. Yeah, I love that. I, As you were talking, I was thinking about how I am someone who always needs to figure out why. Like mm. I'm an incessant why asker. Like why is this happening? Why? And I think with sadness, something that I've learned is that it's it's important to understand why I feel what I feel. I love it. Yeah. Like I love getting into the why. And But I do think sometimes I actually was using the why as a way to get out. Right. Mm. So I would, I thought that if I, it was a control thing. I thought that if I could figure out why I was sad, mm. then I could fix it and get out. And so I think as important as it is to ask the why, it's also equally important sometimes to just say, I don't it's know here. why yeah. I'm just really sad. I'm having a down that. day. Um, some, 
some practical tips on my end. So I think one, if anyone ever tells you stop being sad, it's probably a spiritual bypass of some way, right? Like they're trying to just or they're not willing to sit in the sadness with you. With you, yeah. yeah. They, so don't let anyone sweep out your emotions. Yeah, it's really important. Um, some practical things for me. I'm an extrovert, so talking to a friend, just like naming the sadness and saying my sadness is here. That's huge for me. One big thing for me was evaluating my sleep and eating patterns. Well, that's good. And just recognizing the way that certain foods affect my body and my gut. And we, you know, we will get into this later, but there's so much connection between the mind and the body, and yeah. so. If our guts are off, our brains are going to be off and our emotions are going to be out of whack. So that one's huge. Just noting the way you feel after you eat certain things or if you're not sleeping enough. Um, a big one for me, I mentioned this, but writing. Mm-hmm. I think writing is such a tool for us. So when we even just write down, I'm feeling sad. Sadness is here. And and just kind of naming it and, giving again, giving it permission to exist. Um, and another one, I think, I think sometimes we live in this society where happiness is key and is the trump card of everything. Like yeah. we just want to be happy. It's, it's in no our negative vibes here. Yeah. Like oh, we I all have it. the right to happiness. And I think that sometimes sadness comes to slow us down, right? Like That's we so are good. all running 900 miles an hour. And so, so sadness just comes sometimes because I think our bodies need to slow down. That's it might so actually not have a reason other than just to slow us down and to evaluate what's actually going on in our lives. And then with that too, I think when we slow down, we are able to take more control over our thought life, right? I know that if I'm running a million miles an hour, my thoughts are spinning as well. And so I'm not able to capture the ones that are like coming in negatively and and maybe doing some destruction. So I think that just learning how to manage our thoughts and realizing like all emotions aren't necessarily truth. They're just emotions and and they do, they come in like a messenger and then, and then they leave. That's so good. Yeah. So if you're in the thick of it, um, I, we're, we're sending you all the love and I hope that whether it's sadness or any other uncomfortable emotion that this uh, blesses you and this helps you and this maybe makes a little bit more practical of how you can approach sadness in your everyday life. I was reading uh, this morning from one of Brene Brown's book and she had the manifesto of the brave and the Mm -hmm. brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to end with that. She says, there is no greater threat to the critics and the cynics and fear mongers than that, than those of us who are willing to fall because we have learned how to rise with skin, knees and bruised hearts. We choose owning our stories of struggle over hiding, over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they define us. When we run from struggle, we are never free. So we turn toward truth and look it in the eye. We will not be characters in our own stories, not villains, not victims, not even heroes. We are the authors of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, courage from failure. Showing up is our power. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and the brokenhearted. We are rising strong. Mm. And so if you're in the thick of it just showing up it's your power Mm -hmm, so despite how challenging it is just keep showing up and keep leaning in thanks for listening i've got the heart of a hero